0: Hey there, it's Kelly from ZinniMe. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com/podcast. podcast. All right, on to our episode.
1: Welcome back everybody to starting a counseling practice podcast. Um, with Zinni. I'm Miranda, one of your hosts, and we have a special treat today, which we're actually doing an interview in person, which we haven't done since the beginning of the podcast. Wow. When it used to be hosted from Seattle and people oh, wow. would come to my house in Seattle. It's amazing. How long <laughs> ago was that? Um, Almost 10 years, seven, eight, nine, Almost okay. It's been, a minute. it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a while. So I'm excited to be in person with you. I'm Are so you excited.
0: Guys. Thank you. And like um, Kelly and Miranda drove 30, 30-ish minutes to come here. So thank All you. All
1: the things. And we were blessed by the traffic, you yeah. know, whatever. So it was like smooth sailing, which <laughs> is not always the case in yeah. San Diego. So pretty exciting. Thanks for coming. Me too. Okay. So Very exciting. So, I always like to start with this really important question, which is in one minute or less, why did you decide to become a therapist?
0: One minute. (laughs) Okay, I think I can do it. Uh, So, as a 14 year old, I had really Mm. severe panic disorder Mm. and had an awful therapist. This is the one minute version. Uh, And so, that was before you could just like Google information on the internet, which is maybe to my benefit. So, I went to the library and in that season learned all about CBT. And I did systematic desensitization on myself as a 14 year old. And like, I was all in, like I was out of the oh. panic disorder. I was just like two years later. And then I was like, I could do better than that bad therapist. And I'm 14. <laughs> so like, I'm going to be a therapist. And I just like, never look back.
1: Okay. I have I've asked that question to plus or minus hundred, hundreds of therapists. Sure. And I've never gotten the answer ever. Do you understand okay. how unique you are? Wait, what, what, what do <clears> you mean? <throat> Like I've never gotten any kind of answer like that of like, I had a bad therapist. So I went to, to become, went to the library to become my own therapist and I healed my anxiety and was like, I think I should do this myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty straightforward.
1: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So you knew from 14, like, okay, I'm in, did you go straight through the process? Were there any like road bumps or detours along the way?
0: Oh, I went straight, like yeah. straight through, like, uh, like finished high school at age 17, like finished my doctorate program at 25, <laughs> started my doctorate program at 21. I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, straight through.
1: Oh my God. So I did the same thing. <laughs> I I finished high school at 17, went straight in. I did a master's program. So I think, but again, I was, program. yeah, I think I finished at 25. I took 20. a little bit longer in my you know, whatever doing my my undergrad, but really not like worked full time while I was going to school. Oh, but like, I yeah,
0: <laughs> so <laughs> right? you became a real grown up at like seventeen so.
1: years. Yes, no, for sure, <laughs> all the pieces of that. All right, so you finish your doctoral program, and you're like, awesome. Here we go. You're here in California. Yes. And then you start going through that whole process of becoming a psychologist Mm -hmm. here. How did that go gathering hours and everything?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, That's super fun. And (laughs) uh, uh, yeah, I could trail off on this forever. There's, I don't know all the nuanced differences between masters and doctor level in different states, but at least in my credentials, you can only count so much of your pre-doctoral experience. And I had like 4,000 plus hours. So it's like, you can only count 1500. I don't know if it's changed since then, but at the time. um, So it's like, ah, I have all the hours, but I can only count 1500. So I still had 1500 to go. Um, And it did, it, it was a journey. (laughs) I couldn't, I I lived in San Diego and then we had to move to Northern California for my husband's training. My husband's postdoctoral work. Um, And that one was not optional on where we moved. So then we moved there and then I had to find a postdoc in a place where I had no networks. Uh Um, So I just applied to literally everything, 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 everything um I couldn't find a job I like applied to Bath and Body Works and I didn't get a job like all like every store at the mall they're like why are you here you're supposed to be a psychologist I need to pay the bills (laughs) so I couldn't find anything and then I finally found this job at a group practice Mm -hmm. um that was still a commute but nearby-ish it was like an hour and a half drive um, to add a group practice. And then it ended up being like the best job ever. Oh. Um, so like it was a bumpy road, but it wasn't just like, Oh, I got the final pickings and it was the worst. It was like, I finally got this thing that was awesome. Uh-huh. Um, and then I ended up eventually adding a second, um, group practice, private practice setting. Um, so I did my hours in two private practices and it ended up being, two years um between finishing grad school and getting licensed
1: and did you had you always known you want to do private practice from the time you went in no okay
0: (laughs) no the only reason I ended up in private practice was because of that like I I Mm. was looking to work at an agency I would always my dream job at the time was like working at a um, university counseling center that just seemed like I had totally idealized it in my mind because i now heard more information that I don't really want that job. Um, kudos to you if you do work at that job, but, uh, yeah, I ended up, it's like the only thing I could find was this thing in private practice and psych, you know, psychologist trainees in California can work in private practice under certain circumstances. So, um, that was just like, I need my hours. I need to pay the bills and here it is. And once I started it, I was like, Oh, <laughs> there's no going back. This is it. This is it. Like I, I the only way I could go back is if it's like, in some future state where I can just like donate my time and feel fine about that
1: for me yeah for me where now you had the great experience of having two different private practices to like watch what were the things that you learned from those different experiences that you took into you when you started your own private practice yeah that's
0: a great question because they were very like as different as they can be. Uh Um, Like even maybe a good way to kind of summarize some of the differences was for those two practices. Once I got licensed, they both allowed me to stay on if I wanted to. Uh Um, And one was um, an independent practitioner model. So I would just kind of basically be renting office space, but working solo, but we would have like weekly supervision meetings and consults and just like that kind of emotional feeling of a group practice. Mm -hmm. But legally and everything, you're on your own.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but you know, you refer to each other and all that stuff. And then the other practice was an employer-employee model. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when I saw those two side by side, I was like, I'm going to make this much at this place and this much at that place, it was like three or four times different in yeah. hourly pay. Um, and then just the way that one was managed versus the other one was much more organized and one was much less organized. Um, somebody was in charge of my schedule at one place and the other one I was in charge of my own and I do better working on my own, like just kind of being in, as the more in charge I am, I think the better I do personally, yeah. <laughs> like I want to, I want to find my own clients and fill my schedule and, you know, yeah. not walk out into the waiting room and find two clients have been double booked of mine. You know, that just, oh. like I, I want to be in control because I don't, I don't like it when things like that happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I don't know if that was enough of an answer. To yeah.
1: I think it's a great answer. And I think it, it even like clarifies the reason that you're drawn into private practice too. There are people who end up in those kind of more independent models. They're like, where are my clients? Totally. And they're like, this doesn't feel good. And now I can't pay my bills and they, right. it feels really bad or, oh, Hey, I double book myself. Like I should be in charge. And they're like looking for somebody who's going to like take care of all of that. Yeah, But also like, even in this scenario, the idea that like, oh, this is planned in this way where I should be able to like have things that I don't have to do, but then I'm cleaning up someone else's messes like that does not make you feel good to give that you're paying for that. Mm -hmm. right in that model like that is you're paying that person to double book you (laughs) and leave you in an uncomfortable conversation right
0: yeah always fun
1: always fun (laughs) it's
0: fun to encounter that in the waiting room
1: so when did you know like hey I'm ready to like really I guess actually it sounds like when you moved into the other model like you you move into renting spaces since your license so you're in private practice day one
0: full practice Yeah. yeah yeah how did that feel I mean, that was not like, that was probably like the most handholdy way to like enter into private practice. Belief. It it's like, it's all here and now you're just licensed and paying rent is way cheaper <laughs> and you know it's like oh your income just suddenly goes up but everything else is the same yeah um so that was like I was I felt it at the time like that was just this really fortunate situation especially early on like took me forever to get clients so then I finally like kind of figured it out and I had the clients and stuff so it's just a lot of gratitude to that
1: experience I'm
0: here now I wanted it was a little sticky in the middle but
1: well let's talk about that sticky in the middle right in this in this in a more independent space where you are kind of expected to find your own clients tell me how that was set up was it a scenario where like they're saying hey you're going to market your practice and we're going to pay you for those hours or was there a little bit of like we're not going to pay you for those hours like that's somehow magically you're going to get clients and you're going to get paid because in some places you don't really get paid for that marketing it's kind of
0: you only get paid for the client hour. Yeah. So
1: was that what you were experiencing in that scenario?
0: That was what I experienced. And I don't think I'd ever heard of somebody having something different, at least at that point, um, Mm -hmm. just like you get paid for your client hours and it's a good cut, but if you don't have any clients, then you're doing all this work. And
1: yeah. Yeah. Which is actually in California, right. It's legal, Mm -hmm. right. Which is, I think the thing that's such a crazy piece as in, I, I think it's actually in both In both legislations and both the psychologist and in the MFT um, legislation, there was a caveat that said if you were like an associate or if you were an intern, but you had your, your doctoral, your master's degree, that they didn't have to pay you, that you could do volunteer hours. Well, legally speaking, from a federal perspective, that is not the case. Once you graduate with your degree, they can't do that. So there was this weird thing in our profession that went against federal law. Mm. And it wasn't until people started talking about it that some of that got cleaned up. Mm. But it was that way for a really long time when in reality, right now, in terms of labor law, if somebody is working, they're working and they gotta get paid at least minimum wage. Like that just is what it is. Yeah. So you went into this place, you're expected to get your clients at the spot, tell me about how it started in terms of what you, what you tried initially that maybe didn't work. And then the, the, the path to actually being like, Oh, I've got this nail bin. I figured it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the strategies were ones that I adopted. So people saying, Oh, do this, this is, or this is what I did. 20 or 30 years ago
1: <laughs> did something in the yellow pages oh gosh no on the yellow pages. we're
0: like only one step ahead of the yellow pages though I think so we did like snail mail flyers <gasps> so like all the community yeah. like we have a new intern here's her specialty so we did that like I just remember and everyone's so nice about it so we're like all like sealing our envelopes in a group together or like put folding oh. them and like stamping them. <laughs> putting little sticker addresses on them anyway so I mean it's still sweet but that did that did nothing no um and then it was uh like speaking events in the community Mm -hmm. which I enjoy I enjoy I enjoy teaching so that was just I don't know I don't know if I'm getting clients but I love this stuff (laughs) so hopefully I'm at least like helping somebody that one feels a lot better than the snail mail flyer like I know when I get a flyer I throw it away so that's what they're gonna do
1: with it yes um my client still will be like are you sure I shouldn't do a mailing? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Like, let's talk about it, but like, please don't. And like, not good for the environment. Like so many things. You can send an email. (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah. So we did that and I didn't necessarily get referrals from the speaking engagements, but one thing I noticed during the speaking engagements is, you know, I'd be, um, speaking to leaders in different communities and teaching them about how to engage with some of the folks that they work with. So people who aren't Mm -hmm. necessarily trained mental health professionals who might be working with folks who um, have different mental health needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I noticed I was really drawn to the, the, the kind of mentors and leaders in those spaces like, mm-hmm. oh, I kind of wish that person was my client, like this person that I'm trying to teach about how yeah. to care for other folks. Um, and so that's that started kind of like picking up speed. Like someone's like, oh, this isn't for one of my people, but you know, this before you'd emailed you called more than emailed back then. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but I was wondering, you're taking any clients like yes. <laughs> so that's like some of you know it's a slow trickle, but every now and then someone would come in like that. And then if that, you know, word of mouth started to kick for me, word of mouth ended up kicking in nicely um, for that first practice. And then I changed my approach later. But um just kind of like if I had a few folks on my caseload who were pro therapy and yes. destigmatizing therapy, then they're kind of like advertising, then you hear like, oh it's a friend of a friend of a friend. I heard that you were seeing so and so they had a good experience. So that that worked for me then. I don't, you know, it's generally not like the first tier marketing strategy, like word of mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but that one's really nice when that kicks in. So yeah, that's awesome. how I built that practice
1: there in that space. Yeah. And then how long did you stay kind of under that umbrella before you were like, I think I want to do like my own thing completely?
0: Yeah. I was there. Well, I was still commuting there it was again like depending on when I left I was in San Jose commuting to San Francisco so, I
1: think mm-hmm. it was. so it's, a, it's a drive depending it's on a the slog. traffic it's yeah, a it could
0: be like <laughs> up to two hours and then parking in the neighborhood I was in I gave an extra 20 minutes for um mm. and this was before everyone you could do virtual stuff yes. <laughs> um I mean you could but no one was doing it so yeah. um I, at some point I was thinking there was a It was kind of like a phase where my husband and I were starting to talk about like family planning. And then it was like, I'd always thought like, I love this practice so much. I'm just going to keep driving, even if I scale back my hours. And then at some point when it was getting more real, I was like, I'm not going to drive an hour and a half plus like, you know, if there's an emergency, at daycare, like whatever, like, yeah. I don't want to do that. And I don't have to, like, oh. I already know how to do this. Yeah. So what I did was I kept that practice. I was there for like five years. Cause I oh. loved it. I kept that practice. And at some point in the middle, I started a part-time um just like self-letting an office in San Jose where I lived Mm -hmm. and just like okay I know how to do some of this and I'm going to do some of it different and that time that's when I learned like SEO um and I heavily leaned into networking that time which was like Mm -hmm. much more effective (laughs) (laughs) I mean SEO is like kind of the winner and then the networking is not only a bonus on top of that so um Mm -hmm. I started that and that practice build a lot quicker. Mm. Um, and it was a lot easier. I was more developed as a human at that point. So I knew exactly like who I wanted to help and how I help. um, so all of that Mm -hmm. kind of made it a lot quicker. So then once that one was like, I had like two full days a week, then I was ready to transition out of the other one and kind of like had like a one year runway out of (laughs) the other practice. Some of those folks I, I still see sometimes. So, um, you know, it really was like an independent, like there's no non-compete or anything like that. Um, so they're still they're still floating around out there. Sometimes <laughs> they come back. Um, but yeah, then I started my San Jose practice and yeah, I did it again <laughs> in San <laughs> <out> Diego.
1: <laughs> so how long between when you did your San Jose practice and San Diego practice and like what was different when you were building your San Diego practice from scratch?
0: Yeah. Yeah. San Diego was San Jose really felt like I'm starting a new skill from scratch because I was yeah. trying to SEO and all these like marketing strategies that I hadn't tried. And then when we moved to San Diego, it was just a totally different phase of life. So I'd already Mm -hmm. like scaled back my practice. Now everybody's virtual at that Mm -hmm. phase. And we just moved to San Diego a year ago. So all my clients at that point were virtual. Um, And then uh, I I did like change my practice name to kind of reflect my branding a little bit better. Um, And I did some SEO, but not that much because then I was like, I don't want to. Have that many clients right now. I work very part time. Um, So I kind of kept the clients that I had who were virtual who wanted to stay. um, And then just did like very, I call it like low key, my low key marketing strategy. Just like. "Eh." I'll put a blog post and eh, like, eh. I'll reach <laughs> out to that person. And, you know, if there's ever kind of empty slots on my schedule, I'm yeah. really good with it because I have this other business. So then I just end up working on the other business yes. um, when I have open slots. So
1: let's talk about the other business. When and how did that come to be?
0: Yes. So on that same thread of like the family planning, that was, I had just taught, I also love teaching. So I had just taught an adjunct MFT class mm-hmm. and was like, once I got in, I was obsessed. This was in like 2018 it's like oh I, I always wanted to teach and then I did it and then I was like oh I this is juicy I, like it wasn't optional anymore it wasn't like oh something I'd love to do that maybe like when kids are older someday mm. it was just like I have to do that like it's mm. like somewhere inside of me like has to teach yes. <laughs> whether you want it or not it's coming <laughs> so sorry so, sorry not sorry um so I but then I was like okay the adjunct I did the adjunct teaching thing and I loved it but the, like the pay was
1: Bad. abysmal so abysmal. bad like when i do
0: the math it's basically minimum wage
1: it's um it's really and and again this is this is one of the places where people will come clients will come to me and be like another stream of income what about teaching i hear it's like 60 dollars an hour they're talking about $60 an hour. Per hour in the lecture, in the lecture. That's not <laughs> like that's 10 class together. It's not your prep. It's not grading papers. It's not dealing with office hours. It's yeah. not any of the rest of it. It is. And often if you're doing adjunct stuff, if you wanted to like make a full, like make something that kind of difference for your life, you'd be taking several classes and they're often at different universities. So they yes, call the adjunct people, people call over. themselves freeway flyers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I taught at the, at junior college at graduate and at university level. And it was just, it was so, all the same. It's, it's all the same. I mean, it's great. It's, it's a beautiful experience yes. and It's not a way to take care of a family.
0: Yes. I'm still like, I still love it. So it's, I'm like, when I talked about like giving my time away for free, I'm like someday when I don't need income, I would love to do that again um so that was like okay the math doesn't shake out and I still want to work part-time and be home with kids these kids that I didn't have yet <laughs>
1: yeah
0: so I had this adjunct teaching thing happen and I, it was just it sparked mm. something in me it was like my kind of entrepreneurial spirit was like bubbling into my like <laughs> dreams and like coming out so there was like one day it's like so vivid in my memory my husband and I were on vacation actually in San Diego because we from We were here before. Anyway, yeah uh, we love it here. So we were on vacation here and it was like 4am and I wake up and it was just like everything for private practice skills are just mm. all there in my brain and I shut up and like bust up on my laptop at 4am like buying domain names and like <laughs> figuring out my branding and like all this stuff like well I want to make YouTube videos and like well, what would I talk about? Here's 50 YouTube video ideas. Like, just like a spew of content basically. And I was like my husband wakes up later. He's like, well you got up early. I was like I have a business idea.
1: Don't like, worry. I have a business idea and the business is already half formed and yeah. I've already started purchasing things yeah, we're good. and we're, we're fine. fine.
0: It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna pay for our kid's bills with passive income. He's he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Most blogs don't make any money. I was like, give me a couple of years. <laughs> I will surpass your income. Just wait. So um, that's how it started. <laughs>
1: that's beautiful. Yeah. And does he, is he now on board with like, yeah, you're going to surpass my income.
0: Oh yeah. no, yeah. With I mean, at this point he's like, yeah, good job. I'm it's, we have very different careers right now. So we're both enjoying our careers and Mm-hmm. the income is, is smooth for all parties, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, he, I mean, it's been five years now. So he's definitely like, he's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what I was talking about.
1: <laughs> what is but Well, I think he, it's
0: realistic. It's realistic. It's
1: realistic. And there's a lot of people that don't realize how much work there is to doing something yes. like YouTube or podcasting or what have you. Like, they're like, oh, it's great. It'll so take you an time. hour a week, you know? <laughs> If anybody is not watching the video right now, like her face just out with like no. side eyeing the camera <laughs> with like a big like shake, like, no, 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 no. Like, uh uh-uh, oh, that's not real. Yeah. Um, And I think, and then that's been my experience too, as someone who's been podcasting for a really long time, like the expectation that people have of what it actually takes to get something out in the world. Yes. To record a podcast, fine. Sure. But all the rest of it and- yes. 80% of it is all the rest of it. Just like mm-hmm. therapy, just like starting a private practice. Like there was a time with the client, but initially most of it is all the rest of it yeah. in terms of marketing, figuring out your budgeting, bookkeeping, all the rest of the business part of it. Like mm-hmm. it's a thing. Yeah. Okay. So what was, besides the fact that it's takes a lot of time, what were some other like surprising things about starting a YouTube channel in like, Like not exactly the same niche as your business, right? In a sense, like the the community is completely different.
0: Yeah.
1: Of hey, here's my I'm reaching out to people who are professionals in my therapy practice, but over here I'm just reaching out to therapists. Were there any surprising things about starting this YouTube channel that surprised? (laughs) Surprising things that surprised me exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's like different layers. I, this is also my third YouTube channel. So like uh-huh. the kind of like behind the scenes, YouTubing stuff, I'm kind of knew what that entailed a little yeah. bit.
1: Um,
0: but this is the first time I was trying to turn it into like a business. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so that part, like I had seen those surprises before, of like everything you just said, it just takes yeah. way more. It's like, yeah, one YouTube video, I'm spending like 10 to 20 hours on it. Like it's, that's my work week. Um, but, and then it's not just the video it's, you know, marketing and on branding and all this stuff. Um, and then interacting with therapists, I don't, for me, I think there's something that, again, comes alive when I teach, um, mm-hmm. but also the, like, there's a layer of vulnerability that I feel like I can bring that, not that I'm on, vulnerable, whatever the term is, not vulnerable with my clients, but mm-hmm. this kind of like, hey, we're going through this thing together and maybe my experience is different than yours um but there's kind of a more of a camaraderie with the yeah. like I'm speaking to colleagues even if I never see them yeah um and that kind of brings a different flavor yeah. um, and I'm I hope that if I can kind of lead with that perspective rather than like I have this knowledge and I'm like passing it down to ye who does not know <laughs> um and it's like we're all doing this thing together um that I hope that if I lead that way that other folks can kind of feel cared for and supported yeah. so that that's been really that's just a different way of supporting than yeah.
1: the therapist way I guess yes yeah. similar to well, there's new. more transparency yeah. there's more of that and I think I think that's the other part too is when I was first trained in in therapy it was much more of like a, keep the hierarchy low but there's still a hierarchy mm. and I think as I progress I was definitely like a I was always moving to like, can we make this more egalitarian? Can I, can I not bring the client up, but in that sense, like, can I, can I empower them? Can I get them to see that they actually have this within them? Can I create this dynamic? And I would have these, um, I would have these conversations. Even I I had this great office space, just wonderful building, but it was, um, it was like, it came furnished. And then I realized that the chair that they had, those therapist chair just killed my back. And every other chair that I would bring in, they're like, well, just use this other chair that was this office chair that was provided. And I'm like, then I'm going to be literally like looking down on my clients. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, this does not work. So I'm like trying to decide between just like. Yeah.
0: and trying
1: to figure out how to like navigate it to, to make this, this connection. Right. Because I do think there's something like we're not taught in our programs, like our programs all about professionalism and how do we reach up and how do we make this person respect us so that we can get them to move and motivate them and what have you um and my experience was like that's not actually how most people shift mm-hmm. you know and not long term um and so to like dismantle that um from that is like a thing yes. So I love that even this space of you coming into what you're creating on the youtube channel was like I want to dismantle that in this scenario, there's no reason for me to have that. There's no expectation of that being there. Like let's dismantle it and be, be here together. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's beautiful. All right. So what are like three pieces of advice, like biggest things that you would give to other psychologists like you who are out there, who are listening to the story, who are like, man, I'm really like, I really want to do this work. It's really exciting and I feel kind of lost um what would be the things the Marie thing special like, these like yeah
0: yeah and feeling lost as kind of the, as a therapist in general or yeah
1: just, just like, like in the experience right like you described this whole this whole space of like every door being closed mm-hmm. right and it's it's so interesting even the idea of like here's this 14 year old kid who's like feeling like alone in the world gets taken to a therapist sucks. And you're like, I'm going to find a way. And you found a way. And then you go and you end up in San Jose and like, you apply to every job and every door gets closed. And you're like, I will keep going. Like I will find a way. Mm -hmm. And then you, again, this, like there's this theme that's there, but I think there also is like, there's a certain amount of like, we're talking about it in, in retrospect, there's probably moments of there of like feeling like really lost and like, well, wait, am I really meant to do this? Like, what's going on? Like, why is every freaking door being closed? Like, I don't know that that's, that's like that little bit of theme, like that, A, you are a fighter, but B that like, you're someone that like, even if every door is closed and even if everything feels like really messed up, that you are someone who's going to like, step up and be like, no, there is a way and I will find it.
0: We'll find it. I mean, some of that was just, I have no other option. Like I, I applied to Bath and Body Works. They still didn't take me. Uh, I don't know what to say.
1: That was, yeah, I applied to everything, applied like all the stores at for- the
0: mall that we're hiring, like anywhere. Um, you so start
1: like I- lying on your resume. You're like, I've been working at McDonald's for 10 years. They fired me. They're know. like, cool, you're hired. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, there, there is kind of a, I don't know, grit or kind of just like persist no matter what. Yeah. And to me, I think it's like, how do you stay motivated to keep going? Cause you can say, well, just keep going. Like, but it's like easier said than done. And I think for me, the, the persistence comes from like always coming back to what my values are. Um, and at least at the time, like I was partnered, my husband and I were married and some of it was like, well, I have a responsibility for her, our household. Like I have to (laughs) pull my weight and I, so that was a motivator for me mm. of like, he was, you know, making minimum wage in his training and, you know, mm. I need to also pull my weight and it's expensive yeah. to live and all this stuff. So that like kind of coming back to that. And sometimes it manifested in unhealthy ways for sure. Like, yeah. you know, thinking negatively of myself because mm. I'm not able to do that, but, um, yeah, to, to kind of hold on to whatever is important to you and, yeah. uh, use that as the motivator to keep going. Uh, or like you know another question I ask myself I still need to ask this every day today is like what way of being will I look back and be proud of later and then like try to like borrow from my future self and be like okay hopefully I'll be in a future state where I can look back at this time and be like that was hard but like I'm proud of how I did that you know Mm -hmm. um so that sometimes can help me like access a way of being that's not accessible <laughs> I Just want to lie in bed and there were totally those days too where I just like yeah. i in bed and it was just like this is the worst I applied to like open my computer there's no new jobs I applied to them and got rejected um so you know have permission I guess for those days too and yeah make those make the ends meet wherever you can
1: <laughs> awesome uh, yeah. well for other people who want to be top are you after listening to this how do they connect with you and your amazing youtube
0: yeah i'm uh youtube is where most people find me mm-hmm. uh, private practice skills i can sh- i think maybe i should share a link i'll share a yes. link um i make videos i mean I historically make videos teaching therapists about private practice and now it's kind of like expanded like let's deconstruct and decolonize the whole therapy field and let's yes. talk about clinical skills and stuff too so there's a lot of stuff in there now but um yeah you can find me there
1: awesome Well, I'm so glad we did this today. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for driving over. That's That's amazing. Of course, of course. Thank you. All right,
0: y'all. Until next time. Until next time. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable profitable solo or group practice, head over to zinni.me.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.